Over the past decade, there have been many discussions about replacing the Sustainable Growth Rate Formula, or SGR, that sets limits on Medicare's physician fees. But almost every year, debate about the SGR has ended with nothing more than overriding the payment reductions that are slated for the next year. This year, however, more radical legislation has been considered, and there's some hope that a well-designed SGR fix may help to improve the value of care. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Gail Walensky, an economist and senior fellow at Project HOPE. Dr. Walensky has written a perspective article on the promise and challenges of an SGR fix. Dr. Walensky, you write that this year, for the first time, Congress has been making a serious attempt to develop an alternative reimbursement system, rather than just continuing to override the accumulated cuts dictated by the SGR. So what has inspired this new focus? The realization that the old system really was broken, not only because it's been putting downward pressure on physician fees, irrespective of how that physician may or may not be practicing medicine, finally seemed to get to a point that Congress recognized it had to do something other than just a stopgap measure. I'm pleasantly surprised that the change in strategy has occurred this year because the problem is not a new one. It has been clear, at least clear to some of us policy people, that just removing the spending limit, the SGR, would not treat the fundamental problem with the relative value scale, which is that it doesn't reward physicians who produce good clinical outcomes in an efficient way. That was the fundamental problem with the SGR relative value scale combination. What is being proposed now at least moves in that direction. So you argue that the use of the relative value scale with fees adjusted according to the SGR is inconsistent with the idea of value creation in healthcare. So what do you see as the ideal payment system for value creation? Well, let me first explain why I just said what I did, which is that the relative value scale reimburses physicians based on billings that use the CPT coding, which has some eight or 9,000 codes. You can't possibly look at how physicians treat their patients in terms of clinical outcomes when you have the billing going on at that very micro unit level so that each individual service is billed for. The focus that has been going on for some time now in the rest of Medicare is to have some sort of a bundled payment where there are not so many units that are being billed for, which pushes a drive for efficiency Whether or not you get an incentive for quality or appropriateness in clinical outcomes depends on how you design the system. Many of the existing ones in Medicare do not reward quality, but there's no reason that you can't reward quality. So it's recognizing that the billing on a very discrete unit basis without any attempt to measure clinical appropriateness or quality or clinical outcomes is fundamentally inconsistent with the drive toward improved value in healthcare. Getting back to Congress, what are the key elements of the bills that have been under consideration there? Well, basically what they are doing, and this is a combined product, this that I was referencing, is a combined product of the Ways and Means Committee from the House and the Senate Finance Committee, which is quite similar to, at least in general outline, to a bill that was passed by the Energy and Commerce Committee 
this in the House of Representatives was last summer. And the key elements there are, first, it provides some known stability for physicians for a few years. So it takes away the continued threat that they have faced in terms of annual reductions unless something else occurs. It also provides physicians with an opportunity to have a value-based performance program where, depending on exactly how they define the value that they'll be paying for, they can receive a bump-up in their annual update, and that that has really been very important. Now, the difficult part is deciding on the metrics you will use to measure value-based performance and also what type of alternative payment systems will be regarded as appropriate so that physicians who are part of these alternative payment systems will be able to receive participation bonuses and just being in some of these alternative payment models will allow them to claim a higher update. So as is frequently the case in healthcare reform, the devil is very much in the details of how this would be implemented. And are those, in fact, the strengths and the weaknesses of the approaches in the bills? Well, we don't know exactly how they would be implemented because you can usually only see that when you either look at very detailed legislative language or, as is more often the case more recently, if you look at the implementing regulation that is written by the agency to actually implement the legislation frequently, the legislation will not define at that micro level of detail what would count for alternative payment models. We'll have to wait to see whether the Congress wants to try to do that or at least give general classifications. As an example of what I'm saying, accountable care organizations were an allowed for option in the Affordable Care Act, but what would be required in order to pass muster as an accountable care organization for CMS was defined initially in some preliminary regulation, which had a lot of pushback, and then ultimately in a final set of regulations. So how much savings do you have to have? How many physicians have to participate? Can you retroactively assign individual to an ACO? That level of detail is generally not written in legislation, which is usually a good thing because it requires a level of knowledge that is usually quite beyond the Congress. You note in your article that there aren't many efforts underway to change incentives for specialists. So what do you think should be done to align specialist incentives with value creation? Well, part of this depends on whether you think in the relatively near term, almost all physicians will either be employed by hospitals or will be part of larger systems. If you believe that, then having a separate way for Medicare to reimburse physicians outside of whatever system, an integrated delivery system, or the hospital chooses to use is not so important. I honestly hope we won't see the majority of physicians employed by hospitals. That's another discussion. And I don't see such a rapid move toward physicians joining integrated delivery systems that it doesn't make it important to have a good strategy for reimbursing physicians. When you look at accountable care organizations, most of them use, continue to use fee-for-service reimbursement. And how they go about getting 
a better value proposition, lower spending is up to the group. It is not trying anything systematically different in terms of how we might pay physicians, especially specialty physicians. I think what we're seeing is that unlike primary care physicians who have felt like they haven't been appropriately reimbursed for years, many of the specialty physicians aren't so unhappy with the way they're reimbursed. They might be less than overjoyed with the amount that they're reimbursed, but not basically the way they're reimbursed. And so you haven't had the same kind of pressure moving internally from organizations to find alternatives to the fee-for-service system. But it continues to have the problem that you reward for more and more complex procedures being done, whether or not that's the most clinically appropriate strategy for the patient. And so finding other strategies that might work becomes very important. I've been disappointed that most of the pilot projects that the Innovation Center has sponsored have the hospital as the central receiving point of the bundle of payment. So it can be the hospital with acute care, hospital with the long-term care, either all post-acute care or some 30 days or for a 90-day window. It can be all expenses. But there's nothing systematically looking at different ways to pay specialists to see whether or not both population health and population value and individual patient health and individual patient value can be improved. I think that's really an unfortunate and a lost opportunity, both for the physicians and for the payers. If Congress does produce an SGR fix, to what extent do you think that realigning Medicare's physician payment system will bring overall U.S. health care spending under control? In other words, will there be ripple effects if the SGR is fixed? I think so. I have found it incredible that people have apparently thought you could have health care reform without reforming how physicians are reimbursed. That's basically what we've been seeing thus far. A lot of attempts to find different ways to pay hospital care or hospital and post-acute care and value-based purchasing strategies. But the physicians remain the captains of the healthcare team. And if we don't find a way that rewards the kind of outcomes we'd like to see, better value, better clinical outcomes at lower costs, it's hard for me to see how you really drive reform. And if you do that, it will facilitate driving reform in a way that's hard to imagine without it. And how do you think physicians are going to respond to the proposed changes in payment? I think it depends what they think is likely to happen otherwise. To the extent that they just see continued downward pressure at the unit payment level, I would hope that their frustration with the fundamental unfairness of this strategy to warrant putting a different strategy in place if they think there are changes that ought to be considered, this is a good time now. To raise them, of course, payments get modified over time anyway, so it's not now or never necessarily. But we're in a very uh, narrow window to try to affect change because the budget bill that the Senate passed yesterday, previously passed by the House, contains a three-month fix. That is, kick the can down the road just a little bit so that Congress would have more time to work on this SGR fix. Now, that's not as uncommon doing multi-SGR fix over the course of a year. What's, again, uncommon this year is they're actually thinking about doing something that is interesting and promising. That really is a different situation. Thank you, Dr. Walensky.